This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about manageable, concrete things we can do to get happier, things that don't take a lot of time, energy, or money. This week, we'll talk about why you might give yourself a prop to hold, and we discuss a listener question about a common, current happiness stumbling block, one related to keeping up good habits formed during the safer-at-home period once life starts to return to normal. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, the sage, Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. Uh, For now, Gretchen, I might be heading back to Puerto Rico soon, but I'm here for now. (laughs) Well, it's nice. I liked having you in the same time zone. Yes. But I'm getting adjusted to you being back in Pacific time. So before we launch in, I am thinking about creating some products like mugs, water bottles, pouches, T-shirts. And if you would be inclined to buy an item like that, I would love to know what is a phrase associated with me or the podcast that you would like to see printed on an item like that. I will Mm -hmm. definitely do some mugs for the four tendencies. Elizabeth and I did that before our live tour, Mm -hmm. and those are a lot of fun. What else would you like to see? Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. It would be a big help to know what people would like to find. Definitely some onward and upward merch, Gretch. Yes, I have that on the list for sure. <laughs> we also want to remind everybody about our book club selection, Crying in H Mart, The Brilliant Memoir by Michelle Zauner. Tell us what are your questions or insights about the book. Share them on social media using hashtag Happier Podcast Book Club, and we will incorporate them into our interview when Michelle Zauner joins us. And speaking of books, this Try This at Home suggestion was inspired by a book. And Elizabeth, it was inspired by a book that I read because of you. You told me about Andrew McCarthy's 
Brat, an 80s story written by the actor Andrew McCarthy. And because you liked it, I read it. Yes, I loved his memoir. So in this memoir, Brat, uh, Andrew McCarthy is writing about getting ready to do a scene for the movie St. Elmo's Fire, which is turns out is one of the most famous movies that he was in. And in this scene, his character was alone and singing along to the Aretha Franklin song, Respect. And Andrew McCarthy was feeling very, very self-conscious about doing the scene. And here is a lightly edited version of what he writes about his preparation. He says, I needed something. Now, there are two kinds of actors, those who love props and those who hate them. For those who dislike props, interaction of any kind with objects can be awkward and intrusive, while for someone like me, they were a lifeline. A cup of coffee or a watering can or the queen of all props back then, a cigarette, could help to ground the work and take the internal focus away from the self and place it on behavior, liberating the performance. During the course of the shoot, I had been reading about Marlon Brando and learned that he played the bongo drums when he was a young actor. I bought myself a set. As I was walking out to work on the morning the scene was to be filmed, I grabbed them. Slapping on those bongos, no matter how poorly, liberated me. Suddenly, I was flopping around with Aretha, a private moment of freedom and joy my character would never allow others to witness. Gretch, I remember that scene so vividly. Yes, Yes, it is, and it is a, an insight into that character that you don't get anywhere else in the movie. It really adds something very different and makes the character much richer. And reading about the way Andrew McCarthy felt about a prop, I was thinking, well, in everyday life, I think it helps to give yourself a prop. It may be, as he's saying, for some people it's distracting, but for some people it's really grounding. And like I've noticed for myself, even on like Zoom meetings and things, I really like to have a pen in my hand, even if I'm not actively taking notes. And I always thought, oh, I want to be ready to take notes. But actually, I just like holding a pen in my hand, the way people like to hold a drink at a party. Yes, and it's funny, Gretchen, because since you and I had this conversation, I've noticed on TV that a lot of news interviewers hold pens, even if they're not writing things down, which is probably the same instinct. Interesting. Somehow it's a comforting item that helps ground them. Well, and it's familiar. It feels like preparation. But Elizabeth, I have to ask you, I mean, you work with actors all the time. Have have you noticed that being before, you know, apart from the try this at home aspect of it, have you noticed that that's true about actors? Oh, yes. And he's absolutely right. There are those who want props and those who do not like props. Like we've had actors who literally couldn't walk and talk at the same time. (laughs) And then we've had actors who are like, I want to be flossing my teeth during the scene or something where, you know. So it really ranges, but what we have learned over the years is work with what the comfort level of the actor, you know, do what Mm. works for that person, Mm -hmm. better to lean into the strength. Mm -hmm. But I do think a lot of times using props also can be character revealing, but it goes into a whole other thing about television and building character. But for the comfort sake, here's something funny. We one time were talking to a director and we were worried about an actress. This was years ago. And we said, what do you think you can do to help her? And he said, well, I can give her a pen to hold and she'll be 10% better. And that's all I can do. Really? Yes. Because he knew that that was something that would strengthen her? Just any person. I mean, it's this exact same thing that you're talking about. Holding a pen somehow 
makes people perform better. Yeah. Well, and I think some people fiddle with their glasses. Like they take them on, they take them off, they, they clean them. It was interesting. I remember that a friend told me, she said, you know what? If phones had been around when I was a teenager, I would never have started smoking. Mm. And I thought that was interesting because we think of like teens being on their phones all the time as bad. But I can see that fussing with a cigarette, like she said, oh, you know, I'd be like sitting on the sidelines at a party and I wouldn't know what to do with myself. So I'd get out a cigarette and fuss with it and everything. And she's like, oh, if I could have just been like scrolling through my phone, I wouldn't have had that feeling of needing to do something to occupy myself. So I thought that was interesting because I had never thought about sort of the positive aspect of how it is. It is a prop and maybe it's too much of a prop because it can be distracting, but it can fulfill that role. Yeah. Well, and I think this is why some people like fidget spinners and those kinds of things, right? It it allows your attention to go somewhere else, but not to the point where you um, are, are too distracted. Yeah. But I think it's maybe it's some nervous energy that's, you know, Mm -hmm. taken up by holding something. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, I remember when we were doing our live shows, we would be holding things like I play the ukulele or we had the things that we did with the um, dog poop bags. And there really was something nice for at least part of the time to be handling a physical object. I didn't think about it at the time because I didn't think of those as props. I thought of them more as like show and tell Yeah, um, that people like to have something to look at. That's how we thought about it. We thought about it in terms of the audience being interested, keeping them engaged thinking back on it now, I think it actually helped us. Yes. I think it gave us a place to focus and something to do. And that was helpful. Also props mark time. I mean, for us, it also helped us with our memorization or whatever of what we were doing. It sort of said, okay, now we're at this point. Now we're at this point. Now we're at this point. And objects do help the mind categorize that. Yeah. Well, this reminds me of our conversation with Annie Murphy Paul about, you know, the extended brain and kind of in a different way, a different form that props can serve. I have a friend who lives in my neighborhood and I've noticed that when I see him walking his dog, he seems much more relaxed and outgoing Mm. than when I see him kind of in other contexts. Now, there could be many explanations for why in that context he seems more relaxed. I could, I could think of many reasons, but I do wonder if the dog is part of it. And I have an aphorism that a young child, or better yet, a friendly dog makes conversation easier. True. And it may be that there is kind of that element of there's this other thing to take attention and to just be working with that maybe for some people can be very freeing. Well, all I know, Gretch, is after this conversation, I am going to, on my next pitch, hold a pen because I don't normally do that. Ah. And I'm going to see if it helps me. Well, report back and let us know if you do try this at home and if giving yourself a prop works for you or if on reflection you realize that you sort of have been giving yourself a prop it would be really fascinating to know. I feel like this is, could be one of these secret things that could really actually make difficult situations or, or uh, you know, any kind of challenging situation easier. So let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. Go to happiercast.com slash 331 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a happiness hack to help your kids be more independent. But first, this break.
When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for this week's happiness hack. And you and I were saying this seems so obvious, and yet you and I had never thought of it. Yes, this comes from a friend of mine who has a five-year-old. So this is about um, helping little kids to be more independent. What she did is in her kitchen, they cleaned out the lowest drawer so that her child could get her own stuff out and put her own stuff away. Her, Her dishes, her cups, her bowls, her spoons... Anything that was for her, they put there. My friend says she sets her own place at the table. She can get herself water by grabbing a cup. And then also in the pantry, they put the healthy snacks for the daughter to be on a low shelf there as well. So she can go get her, you know, get her own snack and put it on her little plate. And um, my friend said that she realized she'd childproof the kitchen, <laughs> but then she kind of had to unchildproof the kitchen to make it so she didn't have to wait on her daughter hand and foot, but that mm-hmm. her daughter could really take care of herself. And I thought that that was so, it was kind of both so obvious, but also so non-obvious. I never thought about that. I think it's also because once a kitchen is arranged, it just feels yes. so set. Like the oh, idea that you would rearrange the kitchen is like, 100%. you know, so so <laughs> once you free yourself of that, it's like, yeah, obviously you should move those mixing bowls somewhere else and put in the kids' cups. Yeah, that's so funny. Well, and also I thought about that with low hooks because you know how I'm like such a fan of hooks because yes. my family and I like simply will not use hangers. So like we've got hooks all over the place. 
And again, it's obvious. I think I've got this with Jamie because Jamie's just, you know, he's quite a bit taller than I am. And he'll put things away where I can't mm. even see them. But I can see that. How does he remember that? It's kind of right. hard to remember what people find inaccessible, even for a little kid where you're like, well, obviously they can't reach the shelf. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you don't think about it. Well, and it's always good to look at the organization of preschools and kindergartens. Yes. They have yes. this down to a science. They really do. And, you know, in fact, when I was writing my book Better Than Before about habit change, I really studied the theory of how they arrange preschools and kindergartens because a lot of their design is aimed to help children form good habits of putting things away, knowing how to find things for themselves, like having a sense of independence and control over their envi environment. And basically anything that is true for little kids is just as mm -hmm. true for adults. That's, that's something I find over and over. Yeah, so good idea. I will post a photo. Ask my friend to send me a photo if anybody wants to see a photo. It's not, it's not a very interesting photo. It's a photo of a, you know, a drawer with some kid stuff in it. But if you want to get inspired, um, I will post that in the show notes. We're learning the same lessons our whole lives over and yeah. over again. <laughs> That's true. That is true. And now we have got a combo. This is mm -hmm. a happiness stumbling block combined with a listener question, because a listener, Margot, emailed us with a question about a stumbling block. And Elizabeth, I got to say, this is something that I think so many people are thinking about these days. Yes. Margot said, I am thrilled the pandemic is ebbing and the world is opening up. However, over the course of the pandemic, I have solidified a number of healthy habits. I became vegetarian, lost 10 pounds, created a more consistent exercise habit while working from home rather than traveling for work as I did pre-pandemic, and was able to maintain a consistent sleep schedule. As social occasions arise, I'm finding it difficult to hold on to some of those gains despite the happiness they bring me. I am holding on still, tracking food intake, maintaining exercise, but I see how some of these may be difficult to maintain while, quote, normal life begins anew. Yeah, Gretch, I mean, yeah. you know, the pandemic was all things. Some people developed horrible habits. Some people developed yeah. great habits. For those who develop good habits, this is going to be an issue. Yes, exactly. And I, I don't know about you, but I've talked to so many people who, who have raised this. So before we get into it, I think it's helpful to distinguish between two kinds of difficulty about maintaining a healthy habit post-safer at home. And so let's just, for ease of conversation, talk about can't and could. So mm. can't is the category of things that are literally impossible. So during Safer at Home, I had a wonderful habit of reading aloud during lunch with my children every day because we were all at home. And that was a wonderful habit and a very healthy habit. But now that they're back in school and I'm back at work, I can't do that. That is something I cannot do. I could rethink it. I can reimagine it. But I cannot do that habit because it is literally not possible. Yes. Then there are the things that you could do, but they mm -hmm. may be harder. They may be harder, but they're within the realm of possibility. It's not that this is like literally impossible. So, you know, I'm at home and I'm eating kind of a light, healthy, homemade lunch instead of eating a big meal from a chain restaurant across the street from my office. You know, there's more temptation now, but... It is not literally impossible. So it's not in the can't category. It's in the could category. 
Yes. Gretch, other things fall into this um, could category, like eating the bread served at a restaurant, which you weren't doing when you were getting, you know, when you weren't going to restaurants, Yeah, having an extra glass of wine with a friend. I mean, that's got to be a big one, right? Yeah. And finding it harder to juggle exercise when your schedule becomes more complicated. Oh, I think that's a huge one. Yes. That the kind of predictability and control. I mean, in one way, that was very deadening and de-energizing. But on the other hand, it's like if you were trying to exercise consistently, you, at least you had control over that. Yes, yes. Yeah, so that becomes a different kind of challenge. You can also go shopping now. So, I mean, yeah. just buying stuff, going out and, you know, buying a new wardrobe because you've been wearing the same old sweatpants for a yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. A lot, yeah. There's just a lot of temptation out in the world. Right. In our conversation now, we're not going to talk about what you do about the can't things, because that's right. a big issue. It's like, what do you do about the healthy habits that you simply can't do? How do you rethink them, reimagine them? So let's just focus, because this is what Margot's talking about, is the could things, where it sounds like, from the way she describes her challenge, that it's more about the kind of temptations and the juggling and the you know, lesser control that you have when you're kind of getting back out there. So what would you do in, with those things? Well, to me, Gretch, one of the the sort of low-hanging fruit in all this yeah. in terms of socializing is to do social things that are physical. So instead yes. of going to dinner or meeting at a bar, going hiking or going to yoga together or just yes. taking a long walk. Yeah. And then if you want to sit down after, like sit and have coffee rather than yeah. have dinner. Yes. I did a lot of that during the pandemic because, of course, being outside was one of the things you could do with somebody. Yeah. And it's a really nice way to connect. I mean, also yes. you can hear, you know, so often if you go to restaurants <laughs> or bars, it's hard to hear yeah. people. But when yeah. you're hiking, it's really easy to talk and yeah. it's it's a great way to connect. Yeah. Yeah. It's free. Yes. If you're just like going for a hike or going for a walk or it's something like going to a yoga class is like another way to engage with somebody. Um, so I think that's a great suggestion. Now, I, and I will say, again, this is going back to Better Than Before, my book about habit. One of the really helpful things that you can do is to plan in advance how you're going to deal with a challenging situation. This is, this is true mm. at all times. This is the strategy of safeguards if you're looking up your 21 strategies of habit change. And so what you want to do is something called if-then planning. If this happens, then I will do that. If I go out to dinner with my friends, then I will only have one glass of wine. If my coworker brings donuts to work, then I will not eat the donuts but will get myself an apple at the fruit stand on the corner or whatever it might be. And what they find is that when people go through the decision-making progress in a cold moment, not faced with mm -hmm. the temptation of like what's happening right now, but they kind of anticipate what a challenge might be and decide how they will act. It's much easier to follow through with that in the moment because you sort of already made up your mind. You're not making a decision when you're hot. You're making a decision when you're cold. So if you can forecast the kind of temptations that you're starting to find and the challenges that might be getting in the way of something like the consistent sleep schedule that Margot mentions. And thinking about, well, if I'm traveling, then I will go for a 20-minute walk before breakfast rather than trying to do yoga or whatever. Yes. People tend to do a better job that way. Can I make a point? Because I have been traveling, obviously, so much yeah, for well, work about my that. my gosh. Yes. When I travel, I mean, most hotels do have a gym. Many of mm -hmm. them do. I am someone who doesn't even 
think about going to the gym when I'm traveling. Mm -hmm. Just doesn't even cross my mind. But we had a writer who came to Puerto Rico. He went to the gym every single day. Mm. He just got up in the morning and went to the gym. Well, I could have done that. I mean, it would have been harder because I was working such crazy hours. But had I, and this goes to your start as you would begin, had I the first day gone to the gym, maybe I would have gone. But as it is, I never even darkened its door. Right. So if this person, because Margot says she travels a lot. So maybe yeah. in the yeah. past, she hasn't incorporated exercise into travel. But if she just says, this is part of what I do when I travel for yes. work, yes. then it will become normal to her. Well, and you made a really important point, which I think we should focus on in case somebody missed it, which is start as you would begin. So as things are starting to go back to normal, a lot of times people are like, well, I won't really do that. Like, I'm just getting settled in. So I won't ask myself to do these extra steps until I get back into the swing of things, and then I'll add it in. But that's actually much harder. You're much mm -hmm. better off with a new habit. Doing it when things feel fresh and new, that's the strategy of the clean slate. And so if you're going back, be like, what do I want my everyday life to be going forward? Like, if I'm like, oh, I loved having more control over my time. I really want to leave work at six every day. It's like, leaves at six the first day you are back at work. Don't be like, oh, well, yes. I'm still getting settled in and catching up. So I'll work till eight. Because the minute you start, those new habits begin to form. And so I think you're exactly right. And again, it's about anticipation. What do you want things to be like? Because Margot's saying, I want things to be different from the way they were before. Because I have yes. new habits that I've created in the last year. So then something has to be reset. And if you do that from the beginning, you have the strategy of the clean slate. That can be really, really powerful. Can I give myself a quick gold star, Gretch? Oh, absolutely. Always. Yes. So when I came back from Puerto Rico, um, you know, before I'd have my uh, weekly sessions with Anne, my trainer, which we've been doing virtually, I wasn't able to do them in Puerto Rico. And when I got back, I forced myself to text Anne yes. the day I got yes. back and said, let's get yes. into it. Even though my mind said... Probably should wait a few weeks. It was so crazy. Let yourself adjust to yes. being home. I said, if I don't text Anne today, yes. I might never text Anne again in my no. life. So I did it and I had my first session and I couldn't walk the next day, but I'm back in. Yes. Okay. So you get a giant gold star for that. And, and you have been working so intensively hard that if anybody could, could justify it, I, would, I think you, you could. But- you pointed out another really important thing about habit that is starting over is often harder than starting. Mm -hmm. And people often think like, oh, it wasn't that hard for me to start. Okay, I'll stop. I'll take a break. And then I'll just start up again. But what they often find is that it's harder to start over. And so maybe you got into the swing of doing your strength training and you're like, oh, I got into it. I've been doing it for years. Now I've taken this two-month break because I was doing Puerto Rico. I'll just start again whenever. It's like, for some reason, it's often harder it to is. start again. And so you don't want to let yourself feel like you've stopped. And so you kind of had a way to psychologically say, well, I didn't really stop. I was in Puerto Rico. I couldn't do it there because of X, Y, Z reasons. Yes. But the minute you were back, you started up again because you weren't actually starting up again because you had never actually stopped. You were interrupted. Well, you had to cancel some, yes. some sessions in between, but you were keeping going. Being an obliger, Gretchen, I knew Anne was keeping my spot open. And I'm like, yeah. I can't, I ha she's kept this spot open for me all this time. Yes. I'm obliged to, you know, show up as soon as I can. If you're a trainer, you might even say something like, 
I'm holding this open for you. So I really need yes. you to come back when you can, because yeah. this is a really valuable slot or whatever. So that to create that sense of obligation. Oh, so brilliant. And then we got to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is loopholes. Oh my goodness. This yes. was the funniest chapter to work on and better than before. And I still love thinking about loopholes. There's 10 categories of loopholes. And there are several that I think are particularly apt to be invoked in the current situation. So of all the loopholes, my own personal favorite loophole is the false choice loophole. And I think that the way this kind of might present itself, maybe even for Margot, is the false choice of, look, I can either have a normal social life or I can eat and drink healthfully. That's a false choice. Yes. You can have both of those things. Then there's the moral licensing loophole, which is, I've been so good for a year. It's okay for me to do this, which definitely feels, again, like something Margot could employ. Then there's the tomorrow loophole, which is, it's okay to skip today or this week or this month because I'm going to do it tomorrow or next week or next month. You know, I, it doesn't matter what I do today because I'm going to be so good tomorrow. And then the lack of control loophole. I can't help myself. That's my, uh, that, that, that's my problem. Yeah. Most of us have like one or two good loopholes. Yes. Then there's the questionable assumption loophole, which is a loophole like, look, I just can't keep up my healthy habits when, when life gets back to normal. It's like, well, maybe you can't, but maybe you can. Right. It's a questionable mm -hmm. assumption. I love this one. The fake self-actualization loophole, which is you only live once, embrace the moment. That's like a very handy one that comes yes. in handy a lot. When you can feel self-righteous for eating. Yes, you're like, woo, I owe it to myself. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then there's the one coin loophole. It's kind of enigmatically named. I think I did a little happier about the one coin loophole. So I'll post a link to that in the show notes. But um the one coin loophole gets its name from the teaching story, which is, can one coin make a person rich? And you say, no, one coin can't make a person rich, but add one coin, then one coin, then one coin. Now a person becomes rich at some point. So the one coin loophole is when you say, what difference does it make if I break my habit this one time? And of course, it's always true that this one time doesn't really make any difference because one time of going for a run or having an extra brownie or making an impulse purchase one time probably isn't going to matter. But the way we have healthy habits is the one coin plus the one coin plus the one coin. So this, this story is also co called the growing heap. Mm. And so the one coin loophole is when you're saying like, well, what difference does it make if I, if I do it this time? And, and forgetting that the way that you built up these healthy habits was one plus one plus one plus one. And Gretchen, of course, we have to tell people, like I was just mentioning, think about your tendency and what yes. you need to keep up your healthy habits. Yes. So are you an upholder? Are you a questioner? Are you an obliger? Are you a rebel? If you do not know what your tendency is, you can take the quiz at quiz.gretchenrubin.com. More than 3.2 million people have taken that quiz. But if you know your tendency, then you're much better able to figure out what you might need to put into the system now in order to be able to maintain that healthy habit. Yeah. As an obliger for me, having an accountability buddy is crucial. Like I'm back to doing 10,000 steps a day. Um, now that I'm home and I'm back with my friend, Amanda, texting each other our 10,000 steps. And that keeps me going without that. I won't do it. Well, and another thing is you may have to adjust what's working for you because maybe it's not that you can't do it, but you can't do it in the way that you were doing it. So you sort of do have to think about, well, what can you do going forward? So maybe you were doing yoga every day when you had total control of your time, and now you can't realistically do that. 
But what can you realistically do? Maybe you can go to yoga three times a week and then go for a walk on the on the other days. Yes. And don't let perfect be the enemy of the good, as you always say, Gretchen. Yeah. Like just because you yeah. can't now do yoga every day doesn't mean you shouldn't go on Saturdays. Right, right. Because you can go on Saturdays. So yeah. I mean, I think this is a huge question. Many people are facing this. So, you know, there's so many so much suffering and hardship came from the pandemic, but there were good things that came out of it. And I think we're all eager to hang on to those good things. So if you have thoughts, suggestions, please let us know, weigh in. Also, if you have any great examples of loopholes related to this question or really any question, send those in too. I I love loopholes so much. And I'm actually thinking about doing some like little book of loopholes one day because I'm so enchanted by Mm -hmm. the imagination that we bring to our loopholes. So let us know your thoughts. Coming up, Gretchen gives herself a demerit related to the arrival of summer. But first, this break. Gretchen, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter (laughs) sandwich is my ideal lunch. But I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. 
Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, Gretch, uh, you're up this week with a happiness demerit. Um, this is a demerit that I get every year and then I forget about it in the off season. So my office is, I have this little office and it gets very hot. So I turn on the air conditioner and then it gets very cold very quickly because it's such a little room and I don't like the sound of the air conditioning. So then I turn it off, then it gets hot. So I spend half the time cold and half the time hot. And when I'm hot, I chew ice because I'll fill up a drink and I'll chew on the ice that's in it. And, you know, this is real not good for your teeth. It can crack your teeth. It can chip your teeth. It can damage mm. the enamel. And sure enough, I've been, I was like, here I am chewing ice <laughs> and reminding myself, don't chew that ice yet again. So I'm hoping that, you know, as we do by announcing it as a demerit, sometimes it makes it easier yes. to tackle it. But Lisa, I have to tell you something so funny. So Winstead's, the diner in Kansas City that we love, has the best ice that yes. I've ever had in the whole world. Soft ice. It's soft ice, but like the best kind of soft ice yes. that you've ever had. So when her mother was visiting recently, I said to her just offhandedly something about Winstead's ice. And she's like, I never noticed the ice. You told me that. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it's so such a signature part yeah. of the Winstead's experience. A hundred percent. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, we must have ice. So yeah. anyway, yeah. So I appreciate that soft ice. I do not have that soft ice in my house. So I got to stop. You need it. Stop crunching. Elizabeth, what is your gold star? Okay, Gretchen, this week I'm giving a gold star um, to an old friend of mine, Miguel Sancho, for his new book, More Than You Can Handle, A Rare Disease, A Family in Crisis, and the Cutting-Edge Medicine that Cured the Incurable. Last week you said that you were reading it. It was so gripping. So Miguel is a friend of mine from Kansas City, and... His son um, had a harrowing medical journey related to his immune system. And what Miguel talks about in this, first of all, it has a happy ending, which is always oh, good. Uh, wonderful when a child is involved. But Miguel writes about not handling the situation with grace. Mm, I mean, there's so much yeah. about people rising to the occasion. And he's like, yeah. sometimes you don't rise to the occasion. <laughs> so Whoa. he talks about how his marriage almost didn't survive, um, how he'd yell at his other kid. He was banned for life from the Ronald McDonald house. Oh, my gosh. Um, he ruined his kids make a wish trip. Oh, my um, now, gosh. And now, Gretch, I'm I'm listing everything he did wrong. He did a lot right. Yeah. And he and his wife just put everything aside to help their child. And it's just a gripping story. And it, it really speaks to modern medicine and how amazing it is. So anyway, I was listened to it and I just sat down on my couch and listened for like three hours straight. Wow. I really recommend it. And um, gold star to him for being able to talk about this experience in a way that I, will, I think will help any parent who's dealing with mm -hmm. a sick child. I, I'm going to get my hands yes. on that book because that makes me want to read it. Wow. Okay, gold star. Gold star yes. to the whole family. And then the resources for this week. If you would like my Moment of Happiness newsletter, where five days a week I send you a wonderful quotation related to happiness or good habits or human nature, 
You can go to GretchenRubin.com slash newsletters and look for a moment of happiness. Um, They're also designed so you can screenshot and share if you're somebody who loves to share a good quotation the way I do. Also, if you listen to Happier or probably most other podcasts, from time to time you hear the podcast ask listeners to rate and review the show. And that is because listeners really respect the views of other listeners. And so rates and reviews um, really help people find the show, assuming that you have good things to say. And it's really easy to do it once you know what to do, but it can be a little confusing if you don't know how. So if you want step-by-step instructions, I will post a link in the show notes to that. And um, if you've already done it, we give you a big gold star because we really do appreciate it. It's a huge help to both of us. Now, what we're reading, Elizabeth, what are you reading? I am rereading Crying in H Mart because, of course, we are having Michelle Zauner on and I want it to be fresh. How about you? Yeah, well, we usually do end up reading the books for our book club two times. So I want to do that, too. I am reading The Joy Luck Club by Amy Tan. Mm, that's such a great read. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Give yourself a prop to hold. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Kraft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, like I just said, please be sure to rate and review us or tell a friend. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Alyssa, I've been listening to the Office Ladies podcast because, you know, I do love the Office TV show so much. And they were ta- the hosts were talking about how much Rain Wilson loved a prop and that if he got his hands on a prop, he would just oh, like, work the heck funny. out of it. And it was really funny because that's a very it's very Dwight like. <laughs> now I want to go back and watch just for that. Yeah. From the Onward Project.